Hello and welcome to the latest Tez International podcast with me, Dan Worth. For the first episode of the new year, I'm delighted to be joined by the Director General of the International Baccalaureate Organisation, Oli Pekka Heinonen, who took up the post in May 2021, becoming just the eighth International Baccalaureate Director General in the organisation's history. He chatted to us about a wealth of topics, from ideas about how the diploma programme could evolve to become more suited to the modern world that awaits today's students, and why this may include a move into digital assessment, to how he wants to broaden access to the IB curriculums far and wide in the future. He also discussed the challenge of tackling grade inflation that's been caused by two years of disrupted examinations, his love of complex environments, and why he has been so conscious of ensuring he lives up to the innovation of his predecessors in the IB since taking on the role. All that and lots more on the latest TES International Podcast. Hi, Ollie. Welcome to the TES International Podcast. Uh, real, you know, great um, opportunity here to chat with you, kick off the new year of the TES International Podcast. Can't think of a better guest to do, help us do that. So thank you. And um, I suppose let's start. You, you were appointed in May. Um, that's obviously quite a long time now in some ways to be catching up with you now. Could you give us a little bit of a sense, I suppose, of how you've spent that first period of time, what it's been like getting your feet under the table into this role? Uh, thank you, Dan. Well, I would say that I've, I've done a lot of learning. Um, so I, want, I wanted to study, of course, the organization, people working in it, um, the larger community, uh, the way of thinking, how things are, um, and kind of get a grip of what the challenges are and how to kind of align myself and the, uh, and the rest of the organization and community together. So that's been the thing that I've been involved with. Of course, uh, it's not only been about learning. We've kind of studied a lot of processes because the train is kind of moving. And, 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 and there's been a lot of challenges, of course, because of the COVID-19 and, and, and of course, other things are moving also. There's a strategy work that we are in a very kind of an active phase right now. And then there are some other reforms that have been started and are ongoing. Mm. And I suppose the, the question to ask as well on that then is, You've obviously got a very interesting career history prior to the, I, the IBA working this role. What was it that, that made you think this was the right next step? Because I presume, you know, you're not a man who's probably lacking in good offers or could, you know, find a, a good job somewhere. So what was it about this one that you thought now, particularly, I say, during the pandemic, which is a, as a huge other layer of complexity to think about? Well, you used the word complexity and, and that is kind of something of my interest. Uh, I do like complex environments and one of the main reasons for me was uh, that I've been kind of working on different levels and layers of on the national level, but I've never led a global organization and and that was a challenge that that was very kind of tempting to me. And then also, of course, looking at the world as it is today, what are the, our challenges like? Because they are also global by nature more and more, and we also understand their global nature. 
And then having an organization which has a mission to make a better world through education, what are kind of a more meaningful task there would be. And, and that was something that kind of really addressed me when I started the conversation with the people from the, from the board. And, and that's why I'm here. Mm. And um, you sort of hinted a little bit this in your, in your answer to your first question. But I mean, again, let's sort of wrap up on this sort of understanding your and your mission and what you want to achieve. I mean, again, what, what's your vision for the IB? What are you trying to take it into? You know, if there'll be people listening to this who are, you know, heads of IB schools, teachers teaching the IB, probably, you know, hit on an, unscript, an unedited chance for you to sort of say, what do you want to be doing for them? What are you looking to achieve? The processes you're trying to change or improve? Where, where, are, we, where are we taking the organization? Yeah. Um, actually, doing that part of, of the learning process that I went through is to kind of think about the future by looking to the history. Um, I wanted to understand that what was in the minds, those great minds of people who created the organization more than 50 years ago. Actually, it happened that during the, the, the um, holiday season, um, I watched the uh, the series on the, on the British royal family, the ground. And that kind of is a description of those times when actually IB was created. And, and it was good to kind of have that possibility to reflect to the circumstances that were there those times. And I think that what those people did then was that they were actually very courageous and very kind of future-looking uh, when they made their dreams of high-quality teaching and learning uh, to become a reality. And I think that's the heritage that I feel that I'm responsible of, of doing the same thing at our times, that I think that those people would not be happy if we would just continue doing the things that they did. Because the world we're living today has different challenges. And we need to create an education, teaching and learning that helps our students to cope with the existing challenges and the challenges of tomorrow that we might not be aware of even. And, and, and that's kind of my intention to kind of, um, in a way, um, bring more IB in today's situation. And, mm. and that means of course, that we have to think that what, what does it mean when we're talking about our um, curriculum, our programs? What does it mean the way that our community as a whole is functioning? And what does it mean to IB as a thought leader, 
a, a, a forerunner with that reputation and heritage in today's world. And those are the issues that I'm concentrating on. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and, and certainly, as you say, I suppose, going back to the idea of the pandemic and complexity, if, if you want to make those kind of changes now, it actually is, is a good time to do that, isn't it? Because everyone is rethinking what education means. And we've seen, you know, lots of remote delivery. We've seen different forms of assessment having to be magicked up that haven't always worked brilliantly. But, you know, we've, we've had to think out of the box. Can you sort of, I appreciate you maybe not, you can't give things away necessarily just, just off the cuff, but can you sort of, say a little bit more about where you are looking at things you know is it assessment is it more digital assessment is it re, you know changing the curriculum to be more i don't know more skills based rather than you know knowledge as it were and things like that yeah um i agree that that the 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 covid has it has kind of accelerated and magnified certain trends um, and for that reason, it's kind of made certain changes maybe more obvious for mm. for for us. Um, and and one of those changes is the question that what are the the knowledge, the skills, the values, attitudes, the competences for the world of tomorrow, and. Um, I think that what we have learned when each one of us have tried to cope with COVID, it has really emphasized the importance of kind of interdisciplinary and transdisciplinary competencies. And and and, and I, I think that that is something that we have to think more of. I also think that um, we, to a certain extent, all education systems have a bit of a kind of bias toward cognitive. Mm. And, and, and I think the, the, what was the world that our students will be entering, um, it is the, the cognitive issues, the head, that that's important, but it's not kind of enough. It's what, what is also important is that what we can do with our hands, what, how do we kind of connect the, the, the cognitive side and the kind of skills side. And then it's also the question that how do we include our heart? Because I think that in the age of artificial intelligence, for example, the thing that remains deeply human is our ability to make ethically sustainable solutions, to understand what is relevant and where is the meaning in things. And that means that we have also to include our heart in our decision-making and, and, and kind of creating the paths that each one of us want to create to the future. So I think we have to have a better balance of the head, hand, and heart for the future. Uh, so, 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 and that's, that's, of course, kind of more easily said than done. Mm. But but definitely, as we are at the moment um, at IB, 
we are kind of starting the the ideation phase of the DB uh, review of the diploma program review. Um, those are the issues that we are considering, and 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 trying to find solutions that that would make sense. And of course, that's something that we are doing together with the larger community, involving the the the, the kind of knowledge that there are in our schools, because um, because they have usually kind of thought about these same things and they have already kind of practical solutions to them. Mm. And, and, and that's the way that we definitely want to approach the, the larger community in our work. I was going to ask, I mean, something very, very interesting things you're saying there about the idea of, you know, head, heart and hands, and it's, that's a nice way of sort of sum, summarizing it and so forth. Do you get a sense from schools that you, presumably leaders and, and teachers that you talk to that, uh, you know, are they hearing that and they're agreeing with it, or are you hearing that from them almost before you have a chance to say it? That they say what the way it currently works is too, like you say, it's too cognitive, it's too much down one, doesn't doesn't have enough space for these other sort of ideas you're talking about. I mean, how has that conversation gone with the actual people who are delivering the IB on the ground? Um, well, well, actually, well, of course, travel has been a bit difficult in these times. Yes, I should say on Zoom. Has it gone on Zoom? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've kind of, where I've ha had the possibility, which has been actually mostly in Finland um, during my time at the IB, um, I've visited many, many IB schools and um, I am hearing that message. It's kind of articulated in a, in a kind of a different way. Sometimes it comes from the, from the kind of, a, a kind of a, way that how students are feeling what the curriculum is all about in schools and and sometimes it kind kind of comes out more clearly said and it comes out also from the from the letters and emails that i have received from um from the ib community mm -hmm. uh saying that that this is something that we should look look after yeah okay I mean, certainly, I'm sure there'll be some interesting feedback from those comments, you know, on, on our pages or on our, you know, social media accounts. I think as people listen to that, because it's a, it's quite, it seems like quite a strong vision, you know, and and, and I suppose like you sort of hinted at your in the ideation stage with the DP and so forth. So I suppose you're sort of still working through what that means, but it sounds like there will be changes. And I suppose, how do you get the balance right between making changes that are sort of enough to really deliver on what you're talking about there and actually be meaningful? And of course, there's always going to be that, that wariness of making big wholesale changes that then put people off or, or don't work as well as you thought. How are you trying to get that balance right or how will you aim to get it right? Uh, I think that's a change challenge that what, what was the, the most kind of uh, unsuccessful reforms in the education world today. And that's a part of implementation. Mm. And, and, and for that reason... What I said that what's the way that we're thinking about the DB review is through involving the schools, the teachers, the professionals, um, the, the, the educator network, cause kind of thinking together what the future solutions should be makes actually the implementation process easier. Cause then it's not something that you kind of in the IB headquarters we think about solutions and then we try to kind of top town mm. push them there and and ask 
um, the, the, the schools to adjust to that, um, that won't function very well in the area of education. Um, it, it's more about creating a trustworthy and, and a trustful collaboration in the larger community and finding solutions together, sometimes experimenting things, piloting things, asking those schools who are willing to move faster and to find new ways to do that. Mm. And then see that whether there is a kind of a wider insights that could be kind of covering the whole organization. But, but I think you hit the, the, the most difficult thing that there is in the field of education because in the world, we're not lacking high quality written education strategies. Mm. They are kind of, they're perfect kind of national strategies. But the problem is that they don't stick that they mm. don't get implemented. And, and that's something where the art of, of future education is. Yeah. Well, one final question on this, then, which sort of goes into what you were just saying there about how you, you, know, you, you talk with schools and there's like trust and maybe finding those that are willing to try things out. Is there ever, though, the risk that, that you have ideas and people talk and they, they, you know, they, they put things together, but at the end of the day, you kind of slide back to what you know and what's safe and, and sort of a few pockets of innovation happen here and someone tries something out over there. But like you as the, as the new head of the IB might have to at some point kind of go, look, we have to move things forward. Like you said, to, to looking back to the past and what people did then. How do you, you know, how do you get that right? How do you sort of make sure you do move forward? If, of course, of course, if everyone's saying this isn't going to work, you have to listen. But if there's a kind of mix of opinions, are you going to have to step forward and say, we're going to be bold and we're going to make this change? Of course, I think there's a need also for, for leadership kind of showing the direction that where we want to go to. But, but I think um, I'm kind of looking, for example, the, the advice from, from um, Donella Meadows, who has talked a lot about kind of change management. Um, and, and I think that one thing that is valuable is to question that um, you show that the new way of doing things has better outcomes because that's kind of really powerful that you don't try to persuade that the older way would be somehow wrong because it isn't and it hasn't been it's been perfect that's the reputation of ib shows that how good it's been but then it's a question that is it fit for the purpose of these times and the future times and and that's the question that that we need to ask and then we will need to be able to show that we might be coming up with something that functions better of course, if it doesn't function, then it's a good thing to fall back to the old one mm -hmm. if the old one is functioning better. But, but I think that, that it's clear that we have to challenge ourselves to try to find better solutions all the time. 
Okay, so going into some other areas then, I mean, some of these questions, I, I sort of spoke to a few IB heads um, ahead, you know, before my interview to sort of just sort of get a sense of what they find interesting. And, and one question that came up was around assessment, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, and there were a couple of things. And the first one, it was sort of, as far as I, the, the person told me, is that, you know, the, the middle years program has a digital assessment um, set up. Is that something you'd look to explore on the other programs you offer? Now, of course, then then what we're talking about when we're talking about other programs, we, we're talking about the, the diploma program um, in, in this sense. Um, I feel that it has been actually wise of IB uh, not to rush into that area, to kind of see that what's happening in the area of digital assessment uh, what are the kind of mistakes? What are the learnings that there are? Uh, what, what, what are the kind of good solutions that you can see? And I think we have now come to the moment um, for the IB to move into that area. Um, and, and that is something that we are looking at at the moment. Um, it's a very, how would I say, I was saying that how important it is to make ethically sustainable decisions. This is an area which, where it's very, very important to make ethically sustainable uh, solutions. Because with digital assessment, you can go also badly wrong. Because... Um, the digital world makes it so easy to measure certain things that might not be at all worth of assessing, which would not be supporting learning, which is the aim of assessment. And, and, and for that reason, we really have to be very conscious of the solutions we are doing. At the same time, you can say that digital assessment can open doors to a, a model that supports learning better than the traditional model. And then and, and that's, again, the question that we are trying to create the conditions for us to move to that area. And, and as I said, that, that we are in the middle of, of the strategy process for the organization. This is definitely one of the key areas we're looking at. Mm. And can you say, do you know when we might, when you might be able to say more about that, will that be revealed? Is that sort of, is there a timeline about how you think that will be implemented or is it still to be decided? Well, it's still to be decided, but I am confident that definitely during this year, we will hear more about this. Great. That's definitely one that I suspect a lot of people will be very interested to know more about. But it's, it's, you know, it's great. It sounds obviously it's on the agenda and sounds like it's going to happen. I mean, there's a lot of sort of practical questions one could ask, but I suppose on a more general level, I suppose the, the, what the middle years program and what, what's done there that must be a good source of insight into what works, what doesn't, that to help guide that. Yeah, it definitely is that question. 
Um, and at the same time, it, it's the issue that we have to make sure that we keep the high level of compatibility and the quality assurance that the traditional DB um, uh, kind of uh, assessment is known of. And, and, and for that reason, we have to do it well. Mm. And will that, will that kind of go hand in hand with a change to the dip- diploma program as well, like a, a stru- in the structure? Definitely, definitely that, that it would be kind of not wise to do them as separate processes, but it's actually they all kind of go to the same direction and the learning, everything that supports learning is the central kind of principle. Mm. Can you speak a bit more about what those changes might look like? Again, I appreciate I'm sort of putting you on the spot a little bit, but is there anything you can say about what you what you think some of the actual like you know the, what really will happen and what will change? Well, I think we are on a very early phase, and we are at the ideation phase now, involving the schools and the larger community. Um, so, so I don't want to kind of rush ahead of 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 the work that comes from 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 that. Their perspective, um, as I said, the the kind of what, what, what I said about the uh, hand and heart is something. Um, that then, of course, the 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 kind of issues also that um, how do we connect to the real world challenges that there are. Um, the, the, the kind of interdisciplinary, transdisciplinary approaches uh, is, is another area that, that we will be looking at. And when we talked about the challenge of the implementation, it would need to include the clarity of the structure that it's not kind of too difficult for different schools in different contexts around the world to um, implement it. Another sort of topic that came up, as I'm sure you can imagine, on assessment was about this year's exams. Um, given that the IB, like all exam systems, you know, not so obviously not unique to, to the challenges you know you face, everyone faced in terms of how it was attempted to find ways to work through the pandemic and how children are assessed obviously you've seen in the uk at the moment you know there's, a, there's suddenly exams are back on the agenda will they go ahead is it fair that they're going ahead can you say a bit about how you're looking at this year's assessments you know, are you still planning to go ahead of them i appreciate we're talking here on early january so things might change by the time this has come out but is the intent for them to go ahead or are you looking at contingencies if they can't go ahead at all well uh, that's one of the skills of our times to live with the uncertainty Definitely with the with the assessment, um, but that's a fact that that we with the Omicron variant and and how it's spreading um, and and what will come next, we cannot give for the time being any exact uh, kind of um, solutions for that. We have wanted to kind of start with the idea that we have to make sure that the students have a just way 
of showing what they are capable of in different circumstances. And that has also meant that, that the kind of dual approach that we have had with the exam and non-exam routes, it has been functioning well from our perspective. And, and now, like, I'm, I'm happy to congratulate the, the November 21 students who've just gotten their results. Um, it, seems, it seemed, again, to, to kind of be working well. Um, of course, once we are at that phase that we can see that we are moving to the normal teaching and learning circumstances, then, of course, we have to kind of, in a way, come back also uh, when it comes to the, to the kind of... Um, great boundaries um, that have been there a bit kind of inflated during these times. But we don't have that visibility today. Um, but definitely we are, of course, like many other um, kind of uh, exam boards around the globe are looking at that path that will need to be a gradual one, an incremental one. It, it cannot be a kind of a one moment change back, but it is, a, it is a gradual process that we're looking for when the circumstances are ready for it. Right, that's quite interesting. And, and, and actually, one of the questions I, another question I was asked to ask you, as it were, is kind of you've, you've, got, you've already got there ahead of me, which is about, you know, would you kind of go straight back to 2019 grade boundaries this year and is that fair and it sounds like you're saying you recognize that it wouldn't be because the disruption is still ongoing but i appreciate your point that it's hard to know that you're still working through how you're going to make that glide back to normality that that is the case and and of course we are um communicating with our schools now constantly to kind of keep them up to date with our thinking and our kind of view of this on a monthly basis. Mm. Yeah, oh, I understand it's, it's a fast-moving situation, but let's hope that some form of normality happens this year and then a full normality next year, because I think um, two years of no exams or, you know, however, no, not no exams, but you know what I mean, I think it's been enough, isn't it? It's, it's, it seems unfair. I mean, it seems unfair for the for the students as well. I'm sure lots of them sort of probably secretly are happy they've missed exams or quite openly bad. But actually doing your end-of-year exams in the correct way is it's a rite of passage, isn't it? And you need to have that sense of completion and satisfaction that for all the kind of systems we've worked up, it's not quite the same, is it? Yeah, it, it definitely is. And, and then we have to remember that it's, it, it's unique for the students. It, it's kind of once-in-their-lifetime situation. We as adults sometimes understand and see that things kind of repeat, repeat, and we have other chances. But those are the issues that you kind of experience once in your life, and we need to make that situation just one for them. Again, moving into some, another area, and then, again, I, I suspect you fielded this question a lot or aware of it being discussed a lot but obviously one thing about the IB that people talk about is that you know it's sort of it's a fee paid system and the idea is it offers offers another way of engaging education another system you know that's quite sort of 
um, beguiling to a lot of people. But of course, the, the cost is, is something that also makes it as a, as a barrier. I mean, is that something you've, you've looked at? Is that, do you want to make the IB more accessible to more schools? So it's not such a sort of the high echelon part of the world? Or is that sort of more just the nature of modern economies and globalization means that something like the IB just does become you know, only available to a select few? Well, um, first of all, um, I would like to say that, that, that uh, as there's been, been kind of certain fees that have been dropped already in 2019 for the IB um, and also now during the COVID times that we have had a special COVID fund to help the schools in these circumstances that have had difficulty with financing um, but, but sure, that, that is a major issue for us, that how can we make sure that more students with different backgrounds could have the possibility to join and utilize the, the IB um, teaching and learning. And um, so, so access is very, very important for us. And um, we are therefore kind of, again, looking at different solutions that how we can move to that direction. It is sometimes a surprise to uh, people that actually about almost 50% of our schools are public schools. So the kind of, it, it is not only something that it's a possibility for kind of very high fee um, schools um, to be IB schools, but, but with public funding, IB programs are run around the globe. And, and that's definitely something that we want to also increase in the future. Uh, and we are also looking whether there could be other ways that we could increase the access in different parts of the world. And then we're looking at the whole scale of our different programs. Can we kind of do different, so have different solutions with different programs and also other solutions as part of our strategy thinking? Mm. Yeah, that's quite interesting, and I appreciate it. It's, just, it's obviously a very complex area around the world of you know finance and what's going on in the system, but it sounds like you're working on some things there. I mean, um, do you think, because this, this was a sort of tangential question that came off from that, is one person said to me, they, they, they feel that the IB is almost a bit publicity shy and should be more, shout about itself a bit more, push itself forward. I mean, do you, do you agree with that? Or do you think, and do you think that it should be a little bit more willing to come out and say, we've got a model that others should, should look at, or we're delivering you know, modern education? I mean... What do, you, what do you think of that? I think the IB, we could be more engaged in the international global education discourse. Because I, I think we have our share to offer what we have been working on, what, what are the strengths that we have, what we have learned of learning and the different approaches to teaching and learning and, and curricula. Uh, and at the same time, being more engaged would give us also the possibility to learn from others. 
that that it's always a two-way street and and we need also those learnings that other great organizations around the world have created also the national systems uh have created and in that sense be more adaptive more reflective of also kind of um utilizing that in developing our um own services and and programs so I do think that that we kind of um uh, and 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 that's something that I'm lo- looking after myself personally is for us to be more active on those global discussions so I really take warmly um that feedback that you've gotten yeah well I suppose do, doing this podcast with us and and maybe writing for us um, in the year ahead, that would be a great way of doing that because I know for certain there's a lot of international schools and you know, people using the IB in the UK and so forth that that would be very interesting to hear. Yeah, like you say, more more from you and your thinking and the work you're doing, the developments, and obviously there's a, there's a lot going on there, um, which we've talked. About. I feel like you know the time has flown by already. And I'm conscious of, of time already, but I suppose you, you sort of touched on this. But the year ahead, then, if we were have this conversation in a year's time, what would you sort of hope to be looking back on in terms of I don't know, the achievements made or, or sort of things that were in place or how you could sort of mark the sort of successes of, of that period and you know, what are you sort of aiming for in this 12 months? Well, I think at, at kind of 12 months' time, um, I would wish to share with you a lot more about the kind of strategic direction of the organization. By that time, we uh, have finalized our strategy work and are in kind of full speed with implementation. And and, and there are kind of many interesting areas that that we are working that I'm, I'm very eager to share once we are kind of a bit more uh, kind of ready with our thinking and and again the 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 other thing that i I'm very much looking forward for us to um to move to a an way of working where we engage more with our schools and the larger community, because I think that's a very special strength of our organization. I, I was telling about the kind of piloting and experimenting with schools. That's that's one part of it, but but the other part is more widely to have also this kind of bottom-up approach in our solutions. And 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 kind of, um, I think you need to have both. But this is not a system of kind of compliance. But this is a kind of a learning ecosystem that we are trying to create. I just say, is is that something that you, you felt had to be improved, or you or made it more made more efficient? Like, is there if you sort of created a, an easier way for schools to feed into you, or or have you just made it clear to them that you want that feedback? Or is, you know, is there a way you've actively tried to make that happen more? Well, I've I've definitely heard the message from many, many schools that they would love to engage more on on kind of having that possibility and room 
to experiment things and share that with others. And, and, and um, it, it's the issue that once you are kind of trying to push down certain solutions, then you rely on the idea that you can scale educational solutions to different schools. But, but, but scaling uh, on, on kind of human systems is very difficult because you cannot scale the outcome. You can scale the process, the learning process that the whole school community needs to involve itself in and go through. And, and, and I hope that, that we could utilize that more because IB schools, what I've learned, they're really kind of committed in developing their work and, and, um, and, um, I've seen, of course, that similar approach in the, in the Finnish, uh, Finnish schools, but, but I don't think that we have utilized that enough at IB. And, and, and that's why I'm kind of, we are stressing it a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much there to sort of, to be intrigued by, you know, what, what's coming up in these, these 12 months. And like you say, the sort of pilot projects for schools. I mean, I don't know if you can, if there's any there you can talk about, or if, again, if that sort of stuff that sort of you're looking at in the background on the pilot stuff. Well, of course, the, the issues that we have already dis uh, kind of touched today might be there when we're talking about the DB review, when we're talking yeah. about the digital assessment, well, that, that type of issues, um, it, it will be, oh, and also kind of, um, the, the other programs that, that how we are kind of developing the, the, the framework of the programs, um, I think we will be seeing more piloting and experimenting in all those fronts. Yeah. Well, I'm, I think we should have that conversation in a year's time then. We should book in for a podcast this time next year and, and talk about everything that's happened and then look ahead as well then because I think there's, there's so much there and I'm sure, you know, could, could talk for a lot longer really about all these things and really delve into sort of other, you know, thoughts on education. But obviously time is against us. But um, for this podcast for now, I think, that, you know, really appreciate your insights and the time. Um, I think a lot of people will find that very interesting and, and sort of feel quite excited about what's coming. And, and, you know, I'm sure they'll be sort of saying, oh, did you hear? you know, what they said, and hopefully we'll get some good, uh, some good engagement. But, you know, and as you said, hopefully get you involved in the test pages more in this year ahead as well. And I guess that'll be really interesting for people to hear about. So thank you so much and good luck with the year ahead and look forward to catching up on next year. Thank you, Dan, very much. And happy to uh, make that date in a year's time yeah. to, to come back to what I said today, because uh, it's, it's a commitment that, that I'm happy to to kind of make sure that that i keep what i said there you go that's a good uh, a good motivator isn't it it's like that, that, that podcast yeah <laughs> excellent excellent cool well, well thank you again and uh, yeah we'll speak then yeah thank you so much